This is a Saddleback Church podcast. Have you ever started reading the Bible and thought, what have I gotten myself into? Or maybe even just looking at your Bible on the nightstand made you clam up and start sweating as the thought of reading it stressed you out. Or perhaps you're reading the Bible now for the first time, or maybe the first time following a Bible reading plan. Well, if any of these describes you, then this episode is for you. As of this recording, Saddleback is about to embark on an eight-week experience reading through the New Testament altogether. And I know many other people, possibly even you, have a desire to engage in their Bibles on a more regular basis. Well, my guest today is Brandon Bathour, a formation pastor at Saddleback Church. And today, he is going to walk us through four important keys for reading your Bible. I'll actually spoil it here. There's actually an added fifth bonus key that he adds at the end. My name is Jason Wheeland, and this is Doable Discipleship, a Saddleback Church podcast, part of the Saddleback family of podcasts. Now, a Brandon Bath Hour on four or five keys to reading your Bible. All right. Brandon Bathauer, thanks for being here. Are you ready what? to talk Bible? I'm always ready to talk Bible, Jason. I think, I think. well, maybe not early, early morning. I was going to mm-hmm. say early morning to late at night. No, no, like later morning to yeah. late at night. Yeah, yeah. post-coffee. Yeah. yeah, we worked together for a long time. You, you know me well. <laughs> the early morning. But yeah. okay, I, I know, so we're excited to really get to kind of give some Bible overview, just some kind of tips, some some tips, some encouragement, um, some pieces to keep in mind, because as, as I talked about in the intro, there's a lot of people who are kind of starting their year off by saying, I want to spend more time in the Bible. Maybe it's your first time you say, I just, I, I want to read through my Bible. Or you're like, I just want to, I want to get a daily habit of reading the Bible. Or you're doing a Bible reading plan, maybe that's taking you maybe at first through the New Testament and then through other parts of the Bible. There's a lot of re-emphasis usually at the beginning of the year on Bible. And that's a great way to start the year. Absolutely. So so what we're um, going to hear from you today are four helpful tips or helpful notes to keep in mind if as you are exploring, diving into your Bible. That's right. Perfect. So Here we go. Let's just start it off with number one. All right. Number one. So you're going to be diving into reading the Bible. One of the first things you got to ask yourself is, how are you viewing the Bible? Great question. Because the expectations that you have about reading the Bible will deeply impact how you read it, yeah. what you're hoping to get out of it, what your experience is going to be. And uh, I have a few uh, examples here uh, in my in my time in ministry. I've kind of heard these different, you could say, paradigms about the Bible that would really impact how we read. So some of us think of the Bible as kind of a rule manual. It's mm. just this list of the things you should do or shouldn't do. And uh, that's what the Bible really is. Others 
would think about the Bible as maybe like a theological reference book, that if you have any <laughs> questions about who God is or what the world is like, we can just like go find that part of the Bible and it will tell us what we need to know. Yeah, I can just look in the index and I can uh, I can find the specific question that I have and there it is. That's right. You know, <laughs> uh, it's other reference books work that way, like dictionaries and stuff. And sometimes we have that view. We can also kind of view the Bible as like an inspirational grab bag that it's just mm -hmm. a, a big bag of like little fortune cookie statements. And what I got to do is find that little strip of paper that would really inspire me and maybe I'll put it up on my fridge and it'll be a nice verse yeah. that I can hold on to. Mm. Now, all of those, I think, have shreds of truth in them. Sure. The Bible does show us and grow us into what are the ways we are meant to live and the ways we aren't designed to live. The Bible does give us deep answers to some of our deepest questions and hopefully it should inspire us and there should be verse magnets on our refrigerator <laughs> that we can reflect on and meditate on but um if this is your view of scripture if any of these are your view of scripture there's going to be a lot as you dig into reading through the bible that you're going to be like i don't know what to do with this stuff <laughs> you know as you look for rules if you're reading through the new testament for example you're going to be like oh, I don't see any rules. So just like, do this, don't do this. Yeah. Like, it's going to be really hard to find those. And so you may just read over large portions and go, I didn't get anything on that pass, <laughs> you know? Um, and I think the same is true for like a theological reference book that if you're looking for a position on stem cell research or, you know, laissez-faire economics or something, like, as one does. Yeah, as one does. Usually turns to the Bible and looking for laissez-faire. Well, you know, yeah. that sometimes is what we do. We're like, <laughs> the Bible has the answers. I want to go find this it. This book is old. It might say something <laughs> <Maybe>. about that. <laughs> and you'll come up short. You're going to be like, what's going on here? Mm. Um, same thing with the reference um, book. It does have deep answers, but there will be, yeah, some big pieces there um, that are left out. And so, or some big questions that aren't answered. And so, um, what I think to be the most helpful way of viewing the Bible, and the Bible speaks about itself this way, is that the Bible is an epic story of who God is and how he is at work at rescuing this world mm -hmm. through Jesus. Mm -hmm. Jesus says he is the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. The law is like parts of the Old Testament and prophets. And he's saying, I'm the fulfillment of that. I, I fulfill all of that part of the Bible. And, you know, those other ones, inspirational grab bag, theological reference book, rule manual, um, these feel religious, um, but actually most of the Bible is made up of story. 43% yeah. of the Bible is narrative. Mm -hmm. um, and then another 33% is poetry. And so when we're reading through the Bible, if we have these expectations um, that don't get at the whole picture of what the Bible is, we're going to miss it. And so if we can start when you're reading the Bible to understand it as one epic story, of who our God is and how he's engaged in rescuing this world, then yeah, you will read through some parts that feel like, okay, this is a list of how I should live and how I shouldn't live. Read that in the broader context of this big story. And this is one of the great benefits of kind of reading through a large part of the Bible. Yeah. Um, just like moving through it somewhat quickly because you get the broader scope of what it is. Yeah, and if you enter into into this epic story as you were describing it, with this framework of okay, God has given us the Bible. He wants us to read this epic story. Yes, like you know, if if you if you enter into that 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 this is the story of mankind, a story of God that He wants us to to read, to understand, to learn from, mm -hmm. then that can 
that as this theory just kind of adds that adds a layer to it. If if you just say, huh, a bunch of guys wrote this epic story down, and it's you know cool story, you did a great job. I might quibble with some things, <laughs> but it sounds great. But no, if you if you uh, if you enter in, into it with that approach of okay, this is this is God's epic story for us that He has carried through all of human history, this story, and it still rings true today. You know, then that can definitely have that have that added impact on your life as you're reading it too. It's not Absolutely. just for somebody else; yep. it's for you. Yes, yeah. It's it's so important as we're just starting into uh, the Bible to realize, yeah, this is an ancient library of books written about started 3,500 years ago by dozens of different authors, and it can feel a little bit scary. But we also have to realize this is something that, in God's grand wisdom and His inspiration, He wrote. For you, yeah, um, he wrote for us that this is our story that we're a part of. That we are continuing on in this trajectory. This world that God is rescuing in this story is the world we're a part of. The yeah. people represented in this story are very much like us. And so, the way we think about applying is not just looking for that rule, but to understand: Wow, we are a part of this grand story that God is involved in. And that's where the application pieces and all that stuff can flow. Yeah. I love that idea of thinking of this preface page at the beginning of the Bible that's like from God that just says, for Jason or for Brandon mm. or for you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just, just this inscription, like, like, I love you so much that I carried this story through all of human history mm. for you. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm excited for you to get to know me through you know, these words kind of thing. Like, yeah, and I that, want you to be a part of this. Yeah, and you, you are know? a part of this. Yeah. This is the story of, of, of my family, which you are a part mm-hmm. of. Yep. Um, so I I love that idea. And, and I love that encouragement to ask yourself, how are you approaching the Bible? Mm-hmm. If you've set this goal for yourself to spend more time in, in the Bible this year, maybe do a, you know, spend a moment of some self-reflection of like, how have I approached this book in the past? Mm-hmm. And how, and how is that, is that carrying into, in, in my approach to it now? Yep. Have I just approached it as, um, some, as a paperweight? Have I approached it as something that's, I, you know, I, I know this is good stuff. Um, but I have other books that I like to read that yeah. kind of, you know, catch my interest a little bit more. Or have you approached it with that reverence, like with that, you know, um, look of like, like this is for me and maybe yeah. you're just entering into it again. Yeah. But if you're, if you start to start to acknowledge how you've approached it before, do a self-assessment about where you're at right now and then bring God into it. Like, God, I want to be open to, to you and your word yeah. to do this in, in a new way than maybe I've ever have before. Yeah, like that's a cool thing. Absolutely, and God honors that. Yes, that a, gen- a genuine ask of Him. Mm-hmm. You, you know that heart's desire. Absolutely. So, and and you know, let's be honest. If you had a dictionary on a table and then a really really good story, what's the one yeah. you're going to want to reach reach <laughs> to in the morning? Uh, and for those of you that said dictionary, we'll hang out. We'll play some board <laughs> games later. But for most of us, I think you see that story and you're like, oh man, now. That's the Bible that's sitting there. And it's saying, this is the most incredible story ever told. Come and engage with it. Yeah. And it'll be so transformational for you. So hopefully that little expectation will change your willingness to, to open the page. That's a great place to start. Yeah. So absolutely. you have a few others. Let's go to point number two. What is your second tip for people? Yeah. So, okay. You, what you're going to do is you're going to 
say, okay, I get this is a uh, this is the grand story of of God's work in me, in the world, with me, with the world, all of that, all leading to Jesus. And as you start reading, uh, what you'll start running into are a whole bunch of stories of things going on. And uh, there's a really important tip for engaging with Scripture, and that's understanding the Scripture that is prescriptive versus descriptive. Mm-hmm. Let me describe that. Thank you. Yes. Be descriptive, descriptive about it. it. Yeah. So prescriptive is telling you how you ought to be, mm-hmm. telling you how you should live. You're prescribing like a doctor. I'm writing a prescription. This is telling you what to do. Very clear example. <clears throat> Ten commandments. Yeah, exactly. Do this. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, and it's not always just rules like that, but there are parts of the Bible that are very descriptive. Then there's you mean prescriptive. Oh, sorry. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Parts of the Bible that are very, very much prescriptive. But then there's a large portion of the Bible that is descriptive. Mm-hmm. We sometimes have a tendency that we're like, well, if this was a Bible story and this was a Bible character, maybe I should imitate that Bible character. Yeah, everybody in here is worth following. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's not true. Uh, so as you read the Bible, again, this is the grand story of God's work in the world. One of the most amazing ways to show that is through broken people who are terrible examples being saved by God. Mm-hmm. And so as you're reading through, I remember as a kid, you, you, you'd read about Daniel and Joseph, and you'd read about these different characters, and you think, oh, that's good. I should just remember how they did that. I should do that too. And man, that is not what the Bible, uh, a large portion of the Bible is about. Yeah. So let's say you're reading through the New Testament you will run into a lot of um, interactions with the disciples and Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, don't do everything Peter did. You know, Great like, words of wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> Especially not Judas. Don't do everything <laughs> Judas did. Um, these are de- descriptive things. And so as you're reading, here's what, here's what I do. If I'm reading through the descriptive parts, um, I will generally be able to tell because it's just it's a story about somebody. Mm-hmm. And what I'll do in that is I'll look to say, how does this story show humanity's need for God? How does this story uplift the character of God? How does the story, maybe in some ways, this person is imitating the character of Jesus yeah. in a really cool way. And you know, I've seen some transformation in them. See yourself maybe in that character and look at the reflection and go, man, I do that too. You know, I do have the tendency, like Peter, when he rejects Jesus, I have the tendency to shrink away and uh, when I'm confronted. Oh man, look at what happened with Peter. You have the tendency to slice off ears? Uh, from time to time. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. been known to happen? It depends on how much food I've eaten that day. <laughs> um, <laughs> for those of you fasting, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, so the prescriptive parts though. Okay, how do I know if it's prescriptive? Well, uh, we'll get to this in just a moment of the different genres in scripture, but um, you'll be able to tell because it'll be much more pointed. It, you know, the, the uh, Ten Commandments is a good example. If you're reading through the New Testament, the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus starts laying out this is what it means to live in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, uh, somebody forces you to walk one mile, walk a second mile as well. This is prescriptive. It's telling you a way of living. <clears throat> and as God is kind of bringing that to mind, you're going, man, this is telling me how I should live. I'd urge you to, uh, to pause and maybe write down something of like, Okay, this is God's calling me to grow in this area of my life. Sometimes it'll be an application action. Today I need to walk two miles with somebody else. <laughs> but often it's 
man, I got to be willing to go out of my way to serve other people. Yeah. Um, so pause, because God is speaking to you in that moment, and he is calling you to a certain way of living. All of the parts of the Bible, prescriptive and descriptive, are meant to shape us more into the way of Jesus. Yeah. Um, it's just how we read that. And keeping in mind a part of it, too, is finding those timeless principles through the cultural context, right? Like, you don't necessarily have to give over your flock of sheep. You might not have a flock of sheep. You don't so, have a flock of sheep? Uh, well, I'm, I, I'm not zoned for my flock of oh, sheep, so I had it. some issues with the mm, HOA. I get when it. I, <laughs> when I asked them about my flock of sheep. So it's it, it just something, you know, there are these cultural examples that a part of it is learning, is, is, is trying to understand the timeless principle Yes. Through the cultural context. Yeah. What did it mean to the original hearers? Yeah. Uh, and then you move from that to like, what does this tell us about who God is, what this world is like, who we're supposed to be or who we are? Yeah. And then, okay, what do I do about that? Yeah, I, I want to go back to reading the stories and the descriptive stuff, because uh, it's, a good, it's good to remember that what you understand about the prescriptive, you bring that into your readings of the descriptive. So as you are learning, as, if you are reading about, you know, different people, in different stories, as we said, you don't necessarily just jump to, I need to emulate this. You come in with the knowledge of the prescriptive and you mm. can say, oh, this person isn't following that prescriptive bit that I read mm -hmm. earlier or That's that right. I know about. Yep. And so you can have that discernment in there too, which is nice is that the Bible discerns itself is you can see these places where where you have these examples or wh whether it's parables that Jesus is telling or his stories he's telling or just stories throughout the Bible. And you can see, see pretty clearly, it becomes clear that, hey, some of these uh, th things from this person, great. Some other things, not so great, mm -hmm. right? And, uh, and it is jarring because a lot of times you grow up hearing stories like Joseph, for example. And you say, Joseph, awesome dude. Right, man of God, faith throughout mm -hmm. was entrusted with all this stuff, and then you reread the story and you're like, "Huh, bit of a braggart." Yep, pretty annoying. Yes, not necessarily the type of person you want to be exactly. at the beginning of the story. Yes, and and that's the Bible's just full of these examples. Exactly, of all these people are people. They are human. They have human issues, just like we do. They're not all. It's not just a a collection of stories of purely saints. It's that reminder that. We are all saints, and yet we're still inflicted by sin, and we still That's have right. our issues. We did a podcast on that. We I did think. a whole episode on the dual reality of being a sinner and a saint. Yes. That episode did really well, actually. That was really fun. Yeah. Um, anything else that you want to point out regarding prescriptive versus descriptive? It's helpful for people to just keep that in mind, that yep. whole idea. Yep. As people are reading it, are, is, is there anything else that you want to make sure that flags that are being pointed out? Yeah, a large out portion or? of the New Testament, we'll get to this uh, on the next one are letters. And so yeah. even in that, you can read some prescriptive descriptive. So mm -hmm. um, I was thinking about when Paul talks about um, in Corinthians, that love, uh, you know, love is patient, love is kind. And he's laying out what love truly is. So that that's prescriptive. That's saying this is how we ought to live as people of love. And then later on in Corinthians, he talks about um, when people are having communion together and they're taking it uh, in, they're doing it unfaithfully. Uh, that the poor people are showing up late and all the food has already been eaten, all of this, yeah. of this love feast. What Paul is doing there, that's a descriptive story pointing back to a prescriptive reality mm -hmm. of, look, they're not living in love. And so even in the letter parts that are not story-based, you'll still get this sense of some of it being descriptive 
some of it being prescriptive. Yeah. Yeah. This is a, 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 a tiny side note. I was listening to an audio version of the Bible the other day. Alicia put it on in the car as we were driving. Nice. Yeah. And put it to 1 Corinthians 13. Yeah. And the reading of the Bible was just, love is patient. Love is kind. Mm. Love does not. And I was like, meh. This is so. This is such a bland reading. Mm. But she switched to a different translation, audible yeah. reading of it, and it was like the same thing. Mm. And I was like, "Why can't we? It be read with like gusto? Yeah, yeah. Like I'm thinking of Paul actually just like, oh yeah, just yearning for this to get through what love is. Anyway, yes. Side note: um, If you are reading the Bible, read it with gusto in your mind. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. And if you're listening to it, maybe find it's like, a good. I've, like a nice narrated version of it yes of the james earl joan version oh, of the yeah. bible you uh-huh. know something like that yep. anyway it's just good. a just a little side note there i like it all right we've done two of our four points yes we uh we have talked about how you approach the bible we've talked about uh descriptive versus prescriptive yep what is our third reminder yes as people are reading the bible third of four um is about genre okay okay so this is Action. a word that you Thriller. may yeah you think about movies right yeah. You have different genres of different movies. Sci-fi. Uh, same thing goes with literary uh, works. True. That you have different genres. So think about going to a movie and the expectations you have when you go to that movie. So if you know you're showing up to a documentary, uh-huh. but it actually ends up being a science fiction movie, but you're expecting a documentary, you're going to walk out of there scared to death that there are aliens that are attacking the Earth and Will Smith <laughs> is going to save us, right? Oh, I was going to say this sounds like the original... War of the Worlds, when yeah. Orson Welles did the narration See, of it. See, perfect example. <laughs> they were expecting a news story. Yeah. They got science fiction. The world went bonkers. Wait, the tripods, what are we talking about? Yes. <laughs> and so it's so important when we come to scripture to uh, come with the right expectation around the genre. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, this is an ancient library of different books that have been written over about 1500 years span by yeah. a lot of different authors. And uh, a lot of these different books have different genres. So let's just play with the New Testament for now. Great. There are a lot of Old Testament genres that we won't quite dig into. I think we're going to have a link in the show notes. Yes, we'll put a link in the show note for a nice little handout for you on genre. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but in the New Testament, the first four books, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are narrative. They are biography. They are stories about Jesus. And we'll get to that in a second, why it's stories. Then the next major portion of the Bible are epistles, which are letters written by different people to different people. And then you end with revelation, which is an entirely different genre called apocalyptic. So you're really dealing with three different genres as you are reading through the New Testament. And the expectations we come with should be very, very different. So the narrative parts should be definitely like, again, that is this descriptive? Is this prescriptive? A lot of this are um, stories that we can find ourselves in. When you get to Jesus' teaching, slow down and notice, are, are any of it poetry where things are kind of like showing up in really interesting ways where it's, it's about a pattern or like when you're reading through the Bible, it may be kind of laid out with like maybe center aligned. Yeah, like Mary's song. Exactly. And you're like, oh, okay, this is a song, which is yeah. going to be a totally different genre than kind of a biography. Yeah. Um, and then you'll get to the epistles. And those are letters, a lot of them written by Paul to local churches. Mm-hmm. Now, it's important when you're reading that to not just read it as, again, a morality rule book, 
but to realize you're reading somebody else's mail. This is <laughs> a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth or to the church in Rome. Now, a lot of those things have timeless universal principles to us, but this is where context can be really important. There are a lot of yeah. tools out there of different videos and stuff that will kind of give you context of that book. Yeah, I would highly suggest taking the three to five minutes to watch those because it will really help put those things in context. And then I'll just say quickly about Revelation. Sure. About apocalyptic. It is a totally different genre that we shouldn't try to read as a biography or just as a like historic narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it has a lot of imagery and detail. It really comes from like the prophetic, the prophet um, kind of heritage. And so there's a lot of very big language that are getting across very large ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so read that very differently than you would read uh, the letters or... Um, the Gospels. What are some like major traps that people fall into, especially if they approach a book having either not considered genre mm-hmm. or with the assumption that they're reading something, you know, a different genre than they actually are? Yeah. So I think um, I think it goes back to that beginning piece that what our expectations are will really impact things. So if you're reading through. Um, Jesus' interaction with somebody, sometimes we'll be so focused at what he says to that mm-hmm. person that we forget about who he's actually even talking to and why that, that part of the story context is important. Mm. And uh, if we're kind of doing the inspirational grab bag, we're just going to like John 3.16, we're going to pull that out. Sure. But once you actually get it in the larger story of what was going on with Nicodemus, mm-hmm. it may not change the meaning of just the verse by itself, but it will deepen it for sure. Yeah. Um, and then again with the epistles, if you read the letters from Paul as all every verse being an always and forever thing, um, there may be some really weird, weird ways that we apply that. Yeah. Um, greet one another with a holy kiss is something that Paul says to a culture where that was a more acceptable way yeah. to say, hey, I don't know if we should take that um, in such a legalistic way that sure. now I must always greet everyone. I know, Jason, you and I greeted each other with all the gifts before this podcast. Well, but. we, I mean, we wanted to practice what, what we were preaching a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> but this is exactly the, the example is you want to read it in, in context of what was going on in that time in the cultural context. Uh, not throwing it away and saying, well, that doesn't apply to me, but okay, what are the timeless principles behind this? What we did do is I think I gave you a hug and said, hey man, yeah. it's been a long time. Yeah, That was our way culturally of doing what Paul was talking about there. Similar affection. That's right. With the last turning of the heads. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, for anybody who may be reading in the Old Testament or starting from the Old Testament, can you just do like a brief, I, it doesn't need to be like a, you know, going through in detail all of the different genres of the yep. Old Testament, just a brief overview of what type of genres there, there are in the OT? Yeah, so um, that's where a large portion of the, uh, of the narrative lies right there is in the, in the Old Testament. You'll also have uh, wisdom literature, yeah. Um, called the, um, oh man, Ketavim. Um, oh, you're going fancy. I yeah, always just call sorry. it the wisdom literature. Yeah. But that's like, uh, <laughs> Proverbs, um, Song of Songs, Ecclesiastes. Job. Yeah. Ecclesiastes. And wisdom is really helpful in that it is wisdom, but I, I wouldn't read wisdom literature as an always true statement. Yeah. This is a, this is generally the case in the world. Yeah. 
Um, and it's so, like a book of common sense a little bit. Yeah, that's right. And again, with a little less Thomas Paine. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Good throwback, man. Yeah, I, I just think there's a, um, uh, when we talk about like, hey, do you take the Bible literally? It's yeah. kind of a, sure. a statement we make at each other. And I would say yes on the parts that are asked to be taken literally. That is a great way to answer that question. Yeah. God is not a lion, <laughs> literally. But the Bible in the poetry parts uses yeah. metaphor and analogy. So you'll see that in a lot of the poetry parts. And of course, we kind of go, yeah, I get that. But sometimes when we grab just a verse or we're not reading it kind of in that larger context, we just jump to a point we can misread it because we have different expectations. You know, Aslan was a lion. Aslan was a lion, just literally. Saying. Just saying. Yeah. Um, okay, so we've done three of the four. Yes. Have you saved the best for last? I think they are all the best. Okay, good. Maybe uh, the first one was the best. Well, That's the first like the one is definitely kind of the most yeah. like, hey, be sure to think about this stuff. These yes. other things are nice, you know, good pieces to remember. Yep. Number one is kind of like you got to really consider how you're That's approaching right. the Bible. Yep. Okay, so just to just to recap a little bit, we've done how you approach the Bible. We've done prescriptive versus descriptive. We've done genre. What is the fourth reminder, fourth tip, advice for people as you are just as you are so excited and on fire for reading your Bible this yes. year? Yes. So you uh, you're going to be reading through the Bible, and what you're going to start to run into in the Old Testament, you run into it. In the New Testament, you'll run into it in a different way. Is you're going to be reading the same story multiple times. So First and Second Kings, First mm. and Second Samuel, no, no. Uh, Chronicles, Chronicles, and, yeah. yeah. The same stories told from different points of view. Yeah. Um, same thing with Ezra and Nehemiah in some ways. Sure. Um, in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, these are all the stories of Jesus. Yeah. And as you're in, you're like, I feel like there's deja vu. Like, I, didn't I just read <laughs> this same thing? How many people is he feeding in yeah, these stories? <laughs> that's right. And as you, as you read that through, um, let's just, again, we'll roll with New Testament Old Testament, there's kind of different perspectives, uh, some more from a priestly kind of point of view, some more from like a leadership point of view. Sure. Um, in the New Testament with the Gospels, um, again, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, the best way to think about it is this. You're going to be reading through the same story, but it's uh, I think of it as four portraits and one Jesus. Hmm. Uh, you have four different artists that are painting a portrait of the same person, and every person is going to bring their own, uh, their own perspective, their own um, kind of area of focus that God has planted in their heart. As they're inspired by God to write this, um, it, sh it does a few things. One of them is you get to see more of the reality of Jesus. Yeah. Some from eyewitness accounts, some from those who maybe never met Jesus. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's really cool. It kind of rounds out the perspective of Jesus. Some are very focused. Somebody like a Luke is very focused on Jesus's inclusion of the poor and the broken. Some like Matthew are very focused on tying the story of Jesus deeply into the old Testament. Some like John are so kind of philosophical and really focused on a lot of the words and uh, phrases that, that uh, Jesus used. And then Mark is very active in its in its approach. So it's really cool. As you're reading it through, take the time to actually notice the differences. Like, mm. oh, that's so interesting that uh, in this story of the feeding of the 4,000 or 5,000, um, man, this 
author really emphasized Jesus' interaction with the disciples. Yeah. Whereas this person really, you know, um, emphasized his interaction with the the people there being eating. Um, and even in some of the little teaching pieces of like, oh, that phrase was a little different in Luke than it was with Matthew. Lean into those things. That those are those are good things. We don't have to worry about um, these things really contradicting each other. But more so, uh, notice those things where everybody lines up on the same thing. That's where God's really like exclamation point. This is what I want you to focus on. And then in the other places, like those are some cool places to kind of wonder and wander. Of like, huh. I wonder why Luke emphasized that differently than Mark did. And that will give you, again, a different kind of angle on who Jesus is. Yeah, and in these areas, it's kind of a cool um, little added bonus to include some commentary reading as you're doing it. Because it's interesting to read different people's perspectives of of how these different stories line up or how, how the same story is told differently. And it just get you know, when you read these these the classic Bible scholars who present their thoughts on it, it just adds kind of this added light to it. Yeah. So again, if you, if this is your first time engaging with the Bible, maybe don't jump to the commentaries right away. (laughs) But if you've picked, if you've read through the Bible, if you, or or if you're just in the gospels again, and you've read through them a few times before, maybe include adding some commentary reading into it. You can find them easily on blue letter Bible or or whatever. Yeah. um, Website. Um, like that, but it just kind of, it's an interesting added element to see what this person thought about how these stories are different, how these stories vary, or, or as you said, can focus in on the same thing. And Mm -hmm. that's just like God shining this big bright light. Yes. (laughs) I realized I have a fifth. Can we get a bonus bonus. Bonus point. I was hoping you were going to have a bonus. Bonus point. I'm realizing it right now. Okay. Bonus point is... Don't read commentary. (laughs) (laughs) Don't read this guy or this guy. Um, No. One of the greatest things to do, like a good roadmap, before you dive into something that is going to take you on a really, really long journey, get a sense of what you're going to be reading first. So if you're reading through the New Testament, uh, just like from Mark to Revelation, I mean, from Matthew to Revelation, (laughs) leave leave Matthew out of it. Um, If you start in Genesis and go into Revelation, or you're reading some other thing like Immersed Bible where it like starts in different books. Sure. um, What I would highly suggest is get a sense of the book before you dive into it. Um, Take those few minutes. Some of these have intros in the Bible itself um, that tells you a little bit about who the author is and a little bit of the historical context. But then there's this other part that's really helpful and that's an outline. Mm. Um, so for me, before I, I listen to most of my books, um, not like of the Bible, but like just normal books yeah. that I'm reading. And it's always helpful for me to get the table of contents up front. So mm. I know kind of where things are moving so that if I'm in the middle of like a, you know, a 40 page story, I'm like, wait, where am I? What's going on here? Yeah. Where did I come from? Where am I going? So before you dive in, get a good sense of like, who wrote this? What was the context that I was in? And what's kind of the outline of where this is moving? A lot of Bibles have that on the first page. If not, there are great resources like Bible Project that mm-hmm. before every book of the Bible, it's a four to five minute video that just lays that out. Yeah. There's a little book that I like too that I'll put in the show notes as well. Uh, I can't even remember the name of it, which is sad. You were, you had it last time we <laughs> did an episode together. Oh, I had it when we did our, our Books of the Bible draft. That's right. Or, yeah. Yep. Um, so um, I'll put that link in the show notes as well. It just gives a little 
one page overview and it, it gets little um um sections of like um who's the author what's the time period what's the major theme what's a key verse what's the minor thing you know it kind of stuff so just give you that little overview of the bible too i um i always recommend that so that's yeah. that's a that's a great fifth point it came great added point thank you all right so for any for again people being encouraged to to dive into their bible reading um heart at the start of the year what is what is a final encouragement that you want to give to people? A yeah. little benediction for people. Yeah, yeah. You know, with all these tips, this may this hopefully made it feel smaller to engage with. Yeah, not bigger. Um, but I hope you know, like, just on the other side of that cover, uh, just on the other side of that app, that little Bible app on your phone. Click on it. There is an immense world of beauty and transformation that's, that awaits you. Uh, no other practice, we've done studies, no other practice has the impact of growth in all stages of following Jesus, like engagement with the Bible. There is something in our fast-paced, um, kind of uh, just like bite-sized world to have something so ancient and timeless, something that has so deeply shaped human culture and human history, there's nothing like going and meeting our very real God in those pages of this amazing story. So blessings on you as you take that step. May it be deeply uh, transformational, deeply rewarding, and, and a good challenge uh, for us to grow uh, in this new year. Love it. Well, Brandon, thank you for these five tips on Bible reading. Four plus bonus. (laughs) Now, let's look at some doable steps out of this episode. First, if you would like to join Saddleback's New Testament reading initiative, there's a link to the Immerse New Testament in the show notes. That's the Bible that we are going to be using um, at Saddleback. Our reading initiative starts January 22nd, and it goes for eight weeks. You're more than welcome to join us in that. Uh, Second, I'm putting a bunch of links in the show notes as well. Links to other doable episodes on the Bible. We've done a bunch. Um, The genre piece that Brandon had mentioned, you can find that in the show notes as well. And I'm sure I'll put other fun things in there. So make sure to check out the show notes for this one. I want to thank my guest today, Brandon Bathauer. My name is Jason Wheel, and this has been Doable Discipleship, a Saddleback Church podcast. We'll be back with you again next week. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com doable to check out all of our previous episodes and go to saddleback.com grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing 
maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question might just inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Jason Whelan, and I hope you'll join us again next week. 